Okay, we are driving to Loveland. I want to start going through my caster logs. I've been studying up on the water tower, and I'm just going to try to go through my notes. Water log number one. When Water Baby is destroyed, the caster who owns it is able to bookmark a page. This can give a huge advantage and help that caster swing games. In order to deprive them of this benefit, attack Water Baby with your own Water Baby to paralyze it. If you flip heads and the Water Baby is paralyzed, its effects are blinked and that caster will not be able to bookmark a page. Wallowa Lake Crustacean is also a great candidate to take out a Water Baby, as you can not only paralyze their Water Baby, thus having a 50% chance of depriving them of that bookmark, when Wallowa Lake Crustacean destroys a page, you get to bookmark. Make sure to sequence carefully and to remove the Water Babies intentionally. I was nervous but excited. I had won my first two matches and had a grueling but memorable battle for my third, resulting in a draw. I find myself in 19th place in the tournament so far, which to some of you might sound very good, but to me that's terrifying because I look at everybody ahead of me and all of them have gone 3-0. and They have won three games, they have lost zero games. I am now in the shark tank. I am now out there with the best casters at this tower. Our opponents are generated. And who do I see other than Herman Herrera, aka Herm the Goat? Now, I've been an active audience member of what MetaZoo competitive content there is. And one of the shows I highly recommend on YouTube is called MetaTalk. Who hosts MetaTalk other than Herman and Logan? I have seen both of these players talk about this game for the last six months. I have seen their winning deck lists. Herman won the very first MetaZoo tabletop tournament, and now I'm sitting across from him. Rewind a little bit, and let's talk about what I tried to do with my spellbook. When I first heard the announcement, I heard about the 60% spellbook restriction, and I heard about the triple Terra bonus. I knew I wanted to go in fast. I wanted to have low-end beasties. I wanted to have reliable spells. And I wanted to play the math. I wanted to, on turn one, to play a one-cost card. I wanted to, on turn two, play a two-cost or two one-costs. I wanted to keep it consistent for that first game. I tried to build the fastest deck I could. And then I built a slightly more defensive spellbook. And my aggressive spellbook could not get past my slightly more defensive spellbook. It would get chewed through like nothing else, right? I'm talking zero wins on one side, a bunch of wins on the other. And so I'm looking and I'm saying, you know what? Looks like this is the strategy. This is what I need to refine. Because I'm sure a lot of other people will have followed my logic making a very aggressive spellbook. And if I have one that can eat through those, that's going to help my win percentage. But I knew someone would have the fast spellbook. Someone would have cracked it. Someone would have figured it out. And who other than Herman to teach me a lesson in spellbook crafting? So I sit down across from him, and the gulf between us is immediately obvious. And not to say anything about Herman's attitude. He was generous. He was funny. We had a great match. After the match, we had a good conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed playing with him. But during that first game, I was on the back foot. I was on the defense. He was playing his one cost. He was playing his two costs. 
Not only that, he was playing defensive options I didn't even have in my main deck, such as the Tower, which is a card we will talk about later. I knew what was going to happen, and at that point, my goal was to go three games with Herman, which means I needed to win one, and to study every move he made. I took the second game, but come third game, the inevitable happens. I am swept. This is almost a relief. My brain was next to shot before this match. I had taken a nap because of my previous games, and this one went very smooth. Herman knew what he was doing. The strategy was pretty obvious, though elegant. It didn't take either of us a lot of brain power to wrap our head around what was happening. Herman made the fast deck. He made the deck I originally tried to make, and it showed. He ended up taking fifth place on the entire competition. So I went on a hunt for perspective and information. Day two, several rounds in, I start walking around the tower, and I find different casters I had interacted with or seen play to ask for their advice. Their advice to me and their advice to people who want to participate in towers in the future, which I think is going to be many of you. First, I talked to Robbie and Megan. Megan was somebody I had met at my first and, until this tower, only official MetaZoo tournament at Long Beach, which is nearby me. She had kicked my teeth in with a lightning deck. My UFO WinCon deck could not compete, but we had just such a fun match. And I happened to run into her the morning of the tower at Waffle House. And that's how I met Robbie as well. They're both from Northern California, and as California casters, we kind of banded together and hung out during the event. This is what Robbie has to say. Dear caster, what's your name? My name's Robbie. From what I understand, you top 32? Yeah, it was intense. With that intensity, do you have any advice for future tower casters? If someone wants to get into towers, what do you think is important to bring with you, like mentally, preparation? The thought of the aura and then looking at the list of pages that refer to one another within that aura type. Sticking to 40 might help build consistency within that, unless the aura supports itself, like in water today and over this weekend. But with the other auras, there isn't much that I see with that kind of consistency. So 40 is going to be really important, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And now on to Megan, an honorary team member, another California caster. Caster, what's your name? My name is Megan Rice. Megan Rice, uh, what do you think is important for future casters considering going to a tower? So make sure you know your cards and test a bunch of different combinations. Um, I would say experiment on TTS so you see a wide range of cards. And that's tabletop simulator. Tabletop simulator. You're just talking to Robbie and he did TTS a lot and there were some combinations he saw and was able to play against these players, the same players that are here at the tower. Um, to see those things, and I think that would have helped me get a, get an even wider array of experience against different combinations. 40 cards, I'm never going over 40 ever again yeah. um, to help with my consistency in first, first hands. And then uh, How many cards did you run? I had 45, and that's what I normally did for my water decks, but now I'm changing that concept. We're doing 40, we're taking out some of the beasties, you know, um, and then trying for myself, trying not to rely so much on Aurifax. Yeah. Um, it's hard in this format because they're, they count as water pages, but... Um, and constructed, I'm definitely going to take that take that advice. Right on. And but, then you're part of a team, right? I am. I'm with Monterey Bay Casters Association. We're awesome. We're out of Monterey. Yeah. It's a great team. I had some really good guys helping me test, yeah. and I appreciate them. Yeah, so you'd say make, being part of a team makes it Being part of a team really helps in getting their perspectives because uh, 
uh, Monty and Pesca and Jose would build different decks against me, which was really helpful. Um, and then I got to see different things. What, do you have any advice for someone who might want to put together, gather a team on like what's important to take into a medicine team? I would say just a willingness to try new things and help, each, and really just a, a selflessness too to help each other out. Because if you're part of a team like Pesca and Monty, like they took time out of their day to help me, even though it, they weren't going to go to the tower, but they were helping me to get better, and I really appreciate them for that. Um, yeah, just willingness and selflessness and helping. Um, we consider Robbie and Shadana part of our team as yeah. well. And, you know, we were deck building and working on the deck, you know, the night before, just trying to help him out. Like, even though he played me and beat me, <laughs> I don't care because it helped him, you know. So, Absolutely. so things like that, selflessness, I would say, right. just helping out. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 40 cards. All right. I want to talk about this for just a second. 40 pages is the minimum amount you can run in a spell book in MetaZoo. And general consensus is you want to run as few pages as you're allowed to because it means your deck is going to be more consistent. That's not always the case in MetaZoo, right? MetaZoo has aura types like water, which can draw you a bunch of cards and give you more flexibility. That deck I had mentioned before that kicked my teeth in was a 45 card deck. That being said, there's a principle that I think is useful when it comes to deck building, and that is you have a best card in your deck, and you have a worst card in your deck. The more cards you have in your deck, the further you are away from drawing the best cards in your deck. And while water has a lot of bookmarking effects, aka draw effects, the other aura types don't as much. I ran 40, it's something I'm likely going to do in the future, and for all of you, I think it's a good thing to keep in mind. If you're going to go over 40, have a really good reason for it. Megan also mentioned the value of teams, and that's something you're also going to see pop up in these interviews. Next I talked to Markers. Markers has a really great YouTube channel that I recently had linked to me. Uh, he's a judge, and he goes and comments over high-level tournament play. If you want to get into the ins and outs of competitive strategy, I think it's a great channel to check out. Caster, what's your name? Uh, Markers. Markers. Uh, do you have any advice for future tower casters going into a caster? What do you think is important? I think probably the most important thing is just preparation. Uh, you can't just come into a tower event or a big event like this and just bring a 60-card pile. I think other than that, making sure you keep your ratios tight. You know, there's uh, been a few DQs just people messing up on ratios and that's tough. You got to keep it exactly 60% or more, you know? Do you have anything you wish you had prepped for before this tower in hindsight, or do you feel pretty good about your prep? Well, I mean, I didn't have a spot guaranteed, so, you know, I, I wasn't able to spend the extra time to play test, but I think for a future, I'll, I'll definitely have a play test group. I'm talking to some people right now, so hopefully, you know, I'll have a consistent 10 or 12 people to play with. Yeah, that's my goal too. I was playing solo this whole time, and I saw really the benefit of teams and stuff. Oh, yeah. And you got a YouTube channel too, right? You oh, that out? yes, sir. It's uh, not Markers V on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Markers. Yeah. Having a playtest group and even a team is something that's at the top of my list. I'll get into this with a future episode when I cover my matches, but there's only so far you can take solo play. Speaking of teams, I had three losses during the Water Tower. Once against Herman, once against his teammate Logan, and then once against Albert, one of the most delightful casters I've ever played against, the brother of the top caster of the entire tower, and a member of the ludicrous Lads of Loveland. Albert was very generous and showed me off to his entire team 
to talk about a format I've been working on that I'm going to talk about in this next episode for casual LGS play. And that's where I met the head of their team, who is just a font of wisdom. I will let him speak for himself. Caster, what's your name? Uh, my name is Joshua Heiss. I go by Mickey on the Ludicrous Lads of Loveland. Do you have any advice for going into a tower for someone who might want to participate in the future? Relax and take your time. Uh, this isn't a race. Uh, and understand your board state with the time that you're presented as well. Matches are 50 minutes. You don't want to spend too much time in a, in a game where you're going to be losing anyway. If you feel like you're in a bad position, that there's no recovery for yourself at all, scoop, get on to the next game if you need to. There's always a game three if you win at least one of the first two. Also, make sure that when you're siding, you take your time as well. There were quite a few people here that were disqualified because they just rushed through siding, didn't actually look at what they were doing, and then when a judge came over and randomly checked their deck, they were out of spec. You need to have at least 60% of a deck representing an aura type that doesn't include the aura that you're putting in as well. So water aura, basic water aura, won't count towards your 60% total. There were quite a few people that had swapped in things four water pages for two water pages and two water aura and that ends up throwing your deck completely out of ratio if someone checks on that or even you know about it you're playing with an illegal deck that's not something that you should be doing here at the water tower so make sure you take your time you plan accordingly and work with something that you like playing with too don't stress while you're playing it you want to have fun doing this stuff and then you're part of a team too. What do you think is important for a MetaZoo team for like prepping for an event like this? Uh, well, it really, it's just consistency. Like sit down with your friends, spitball ideas, and really don't say no to anything. Uh, the reason that you play with such a large group of people is that everybody has their own creative way to play. Uh, nobody's way is perfect. Everybody's fits different scenarios but you learn a lot doing this type of stuff. Sitting down with people, getting into a community and like trying to grow it. Like basically our community was grown off of two people who really just liked the way that the shiny cardboard looked. So uh, it, it's getting down, sitting there and having con some consistency, even showing some other card players from different card games, like how to get into this stuff. You bring in different mind states and you're able to work with that within MetaZoo because it's, it's so versatile. There's so much that you can actually do. There's so much that you can play with, especially in the tower setting. Everything has got a three times Terra bonus. There's basically nothing that's in this game that isn't usable at this point for water. It, it's, it's something you should just try things. Don't, don't say no, just try it. Thank you. Welcome. So you'll notice the last two casters really emphasize ratios. I mentioned ratios in the first episode, and I think we're going to do an entire episode breaking down ratios closer to the next tower just to help people get in the mindset and train. But with 50-minute rounds where you can do up to three matches in those rounds, you know, time is of the essence. It's important to take your time as well, but you want to try to set yourself up so that you're not wasting time. And grabbing cards out of your archive, your side deck, uh, to help give you an advantage against your opponent after that first game is a big part of that, but that's also where you can get messed up with these ratios. So I talked to Rami. I met him in the art line. I had never joined a line to try to get anything signed before and ended up getting my passport signed by both Kelsey and Jet, which was a good time. 
But I got talking with Rami, who is another solo player like me, but who had done more on tabletop. Uh, and he had some really fun perspective. Caster, what's your name? Uh, my name is Rami Basma. Rami, and you made it to top 32. Correct? I did make it to top 32. What advice would you give casters who want to get into towers and who don't want to potentially make it to the top 32 as well? You really need to get integrated with the community uh, at MetaZoo. That's going to be imperative because the game is complex, but it's also not... You know, there's no crazy barrier to entry. You just have to learn about all the cards, and it definitely helps to get around the other MetaZoo guys. So I join all the discords, I join Casher Society, and just start playing with people on tabletop. Yeah. Immediately. You did, you did tabletop playing? I did not want to initially, and I'm sure that's everyone's, uh, you know, mentality about it. But I ended up learning, it, and it definitely uh, helped me get better at uh, MetaZoo. So. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, is there anything like mentally you think? helps you with an event like this so many rounds you know i wouldn't worry about anyone you're playing at all i would just worry about what you're playing because everybody has to lose at some point so it could be you that beat somebody who's top eight top you know 16 doesn't matter dude so i love that thank you yeah no problem that whole idea of not getting intimidated against who you're playing against because you don't know what kind of day they're having and they also probably don't know what kind of deck you're playing is great I ran into Caleb, who I saw playing in the top 16 and got his advice as well, which, you know, some of this is going to ring familiar. Caster, what's your name? Caleb McGraw. Caleb, you did pretty good, right? Um, yeah, I did fair. I got to the top 16. That's awesome. What advice would you give people who want to participate in Towers? Um, just get out there and play. Find the LGS that can host uh, local events, or if you don't have one, ask around how you can start hosting events, and just play. Yeah, for new players, all you can do is learn by your mistakes, and getting into it is the only way to get into it, so just do it. Is there anything like mentally you found useful at this event, because it's a bunch of rounds and stuff, but I, from what I saw, you seem pretty positive throughout. Yeah, having try and have fun, even if uh, you know you're gonna lose, um, just enjoy the experience, of course, and then hope. Oh, uh, I would just say try and stay like hydrated and well-nourished. Um, it's easy to get mental fatigue here and uh, irritability and like people having bad days comes with that. So I would just say take care of yourself and try and have fun. All right. Thank you, man. Yeah. Community. What I love about these top 32 players is notice they're talking about things that are immediately accessible to you. You can join these discords, you can start playing the game. You don't need to be great or understand it from the get-go. We all have to start somewhere, and you start learning by playing. I do find while towers can be very intricate within themselves, it's a rather forgiving format to learn because there are less cards. If we're doing the Earth Tower, we're playing mostly with Earth cards, and it doesn't take too many games before you know the ins and outs of those cards, especially if you have a good understanding of the game or a good group that has an understanding of the game to test with. Speaking on that... Caster, what's your name? Oh, my name is Johnny Dunn, or Moldy Potion, whichever you prefer. What do you think is important for uh, someone who wants to get into the game, going into a tower, or someone who is playing, uh, having played a tower now? Yeah. What, you, what advice would you give? Well, be ready for these formats, because they are way different than your normal MetaZoo format, or any, even any format you've probably played in any TCG. It's very, very high power uh, with the Triple Terra, which just means that everything, all the beasties are stronger than you think, and the spells are kind of weaker. And so you gotta, you gotta plan accordingly for that and make sure that you keep your ratio straight. I mean, I, 
I know this game inside and out, and I took a game loss today because I was nervous and I counted my deck wrong. And you know, that's you got to be really careful about that stuff. So if you guys come out to the tower, prepare before you come, prepare the deck, and then once you're here, just stay in the zone and make sure you keep your ratios straight. Do you have a group you prep with, or do you do a lot of solo work? I do a lot of solo work. I also uh, play around with, we have a team for Caster Society, so I've got some really good players there that we test within our little group as well. Yeah, for solo testing, what would you recommend? What do you think is important, and at what point should you then seek out a group? I think with solo testing, you really want to know the rules inside and out. Like, if you're going to solo test, make sure that you understand enough that you could be a judge for a game, that you really know how these cards interact, because most people who solo practice, that's where they're at, and if they aren't, they're gonna test things wrong and then come in thinking that it plays a certain way. So only solo test once you're confident you know how all the cards play, and then once you do, I like to do solitaire games where I play both sides of the field, and I actually play myself with an open hand and just try to see which cards are better. Yeah. Do you play physical cards or do you do TTS on both sides or do you do physical in front of you and TTS on the screen? I used to do physical, but TTS, the shuffling is it's so much faster. quicker. It's so much faster. You can get way more done, so TTS. Right. Any other advice? Uh, just read carefully. <laughs> read carefully. And then you have a YouTube channel, right? You want to shout that out? Yeah, uh, my brother and I put up videos under the YouTube channel Metabros. So if you guys want to come learn MetaZoo, come hang out at Metabros. All right, thank you, Ben. If you're a newer or intermediate player, Johnny's YouTube channel with his brother Metabros is an invaluable resource. They play three to five games a week. There are over 100 episodes at this point. You can pick the combination of decks you want to see, and they do a really good job of going through the game piece by piece, step by step when they're playing, which can get you into good habits. On to his actual wisdom. I think that note about towers being a unique format, even among trading card games, is really important. As I had mentioned before, you're new to the game, you want to get into towers. I find them to be accessible for the reason of less cards. You're going to get to know that aura type so well. And even if you have a player who's great at metas who constructed, it does not guarantee they're going to be a great tower player. Also notice that Tabletop Simulator keeps coming up. I didn't get into Tabletop Simulator until about a week before the tower, and I did not play against anybody else. I just used it to play against myself, which I'll go into more details on how to do that later. But knowing these rulings, reading these cards, it's always a thing. Read the cards. Now that I am playtesting with a few other people, there are times where I'm just like, well, I'm thinking of putting this page in my spellbook. They go, well, if you do that, then this other effect isn't going to work or this combination is not going to work. And it's right at the top of the card. You can get so used to playing some of these pages that have multiple effects when you're only using one of those effects that you completely forget about the other ones and they can be applicable. The Oklahoma octopus, for example, can't be targeted when it is awakened. To continue on that train of thought. What I would recommend to get into towers, huh? Uh, you gotta study the rulings. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, the, the, the cards are kind of self-explanatory once you, once you find out the format, but the, the rulings are really important. A lot of people didn't know the rulings this weekend, and that's why they lost the matches. And then mentally, is there anything you do to prep in particular that you think that is important to take into an event like this? Oh, yeah. No, you gotta, you, you got to play test. you got to play a lot of games. But going into the tower itself, you got to make sure that you're well-fed. you got a good night's sleep. Don't overexert yourself the day before. Um, that's, at least that's what I do. Uh, and then bring snacks. Always bring snacks to the tournament. Yeah. 
And then you've got some articles, right? Want to shout those out, do a little plug? Oh, yeah, castersociety.com. Uh, Lord Dirty on Instagram, uh, Douglas Dirty Haas. I, I, I got a bunch of articles. We got a bunch of articles up on Caster Society. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. So both Johnny and Douglas Dirty talked about rulings, reading the cards, knowing the game. Uh, and, and these are some top-level players, right? So good advice to follow. Dirty has some amazing articles on Caster Society, as he mentioned, that specifically talk about prepping for tournaments. Definitely read those. And with the mentions today about reading and about knowing the rules, I thought only appropriate to talk to a judge, one of the community's favorite and most active metazoologist, Bats. Metazoologist, what is your name? Uh, Bats. Bats. Uh, so you've been judging this event. What advice would you give to casters who want to come to Future Towers who haven't been to one before as a judge? Uh, take your time. Give your opponent time to respond to your actions and just have fun. Have fun with it? Yeah. And then with rulings, is there a particular place? Like I know there's the appendix and stuff. Did you see that come into play a lot during this event? Oh, like the rules index yeah. and everything? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of cards with the Radas that work differently. So you just got to be aware of the cards you're playing and what they actually do. For my own curiosity, what does it take to judge an event like this? Like, how would you say it's different from playing? Like, it, it seems like it could still be exhausting. So. Oh, yeah, it's very exhausting. It takes a lot of brain power to, you know, make sure everything is going correctly. I've been on the stream table all day, so any, any little mishap I gotta correct. So, you know, the viewers at home have a good experience as well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bats. Yeah, definitely. I hope all of this perspective was useful to you. I have some major takeaways. I'm still feeling good about my 40-page spellbooks. I definitely need to get set up with a playtest group. I'm already starting that with Earth, but as I go to these towers, I want to network more and find other people I click with who are dedicated and who can play. I also have my eyes set on forming or joining a team. Teams were such a game changer throughout this event. I'd love to do an entire episode on teams later. But watching not just the ways that teams can support each other, but also the way information can be shared and how different perspectives can come in and show you an angle you had not noticed before. I definitely ran against a number of strategies I hadn't encountered before during the water tower. And then the advice to read your cards, read the rules. I did this constantly, and it still bears repeating. I have on my wall sticky notes when I add a new page to my spellbook on how much damage is it doing, what is its LP with the bonus, what are some important effects, and then under those I put other sticky notes on what are combinations that I want to play out with these. This is just the beginning for Towers, a MetaZoo podcast, but I can't think of a better second episode than getting all of this perspective from people. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about a format I've been working on with a few others that applies commander culture from Magic and takes it to MetaZoo. For those of you who are trying to either get into the game or get other people into the game, it's going to be a side project of this podcast to work and develop that format. The details for Earth Tower were also just announced, so we're going to be getting into that very shortly. I'll see you on the next one. Towers, a MetaZoo podcast, was created by me, Esther Ellis. The cover art was made by Chandler Candela. Music by the Heatley Bros. More details in the description. Want to say hello? Follow the show on Instagram at Towers Podcast. Send me an email at towersgamepodcast at gmail.com and say hi in MetaZoo's Discord servers. 
Many of the figures in MetaZoo originate in indigenous lore, and I think it's important for me to acknowledge that I make this podcast on the traditional lands and home of the Tongva Nation. This game presents us with a rich opportunity to get in touch with the living cultures that surround us, and I hope you can take a moment to reflect on the history of the land you stand on, and the figures in the cards you play.